Hey, yo, you ready? Let's do it. I've been dreaming of this moment for the last nine days, and I found the right guy to partner with us. We are going to win championships. Coach, welcome to St. John's. But for the fans, it's exciting. When you come into that arena for two hours, it's going to be sheer entertainment. If you go to the bathroom during a break, you're going to miss something. I'm going to tell you that. It's just that fast. Our players, and I see some guys back there. I see some guys back there. Come on up here. Come on up here. Come on up here right now. Come on. Come on. You're going to see a lot of this here, guys. I'm big on family. I'm going to tell you what. My players are my family. That's why I say I'll give them a little hug when they need to, and I want them to hear. And I'd say it to Mustafa today. I'll pop upside when they, I pop upside the head when they need to as well. But one thing I know, this coach cares about us. I'm one of the most competitive guys you ever gonna see. You know, if me and my mom was in a game of marbles. My mom is in trouble. That, that's just me. That's just me. And guess what? Most times the team mirrors the coach. I know how to win. That's not brag. I just know how to win. Tell the president last night, I said, you know what? There might be a lot of professors on, on this campus got a lot of degrees, probably more degrees than the thermometer got. But one thing they can't do, they can't outwork me. They can't outwork me. There'll be teams that you say, man, they got more talent. But we're going to work our tails off. We're going to make them work. <laughs> You're going to see St. John's basketball. Fast. Fast. Y'all like to play fast? <laughs> Let's get it on. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Okay, we've got a sweet new intro music there. We've got a new intro as a whole. We've got a new head coach. And we hopefully have a new era of St. John's basketball. You're listening to the Seeing Red podcast. My name, as always, is Troy Moriello, bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. And we welcome you to the first ever full episode of this podcast in the Mike Anderson era. We are now six days into the Mike Anderson era uh, as of this recording and you know, so far it's been kind of quiet, but I, I if you listened last week, you know, I kind of said I wanted to wait until things got a little bit more quiet to uh, to put out a full uh, newer episode. You know, I wanted to wait until the dust kind of settled from this coaching search, and I wanted to wait, you know, until any other uh, transfer news or any assistant coaching news comes out. So hopefully we found a nice little window here uh, in between news cycles for the Red Storm to get a show out. But, you know, apologies for a little bit of a delay in, uh, in getting a show out. It was a holiday weekend. Obviously, I wasn't too available, but we're here now, and we are talking Mike Anderson, the beginning of the Mike Anderson era at St. John's. We've got some player news. Uh, we've got a very, very special guest as well to help us break it all down. For the first time ever, we have, uh, I'm going to refer to him as Mullins Hood still. We, uh, we all know this guy on Twitter. 
maybe the most like prolific St. John's fan on Twitter. Really, I think that the guy, I, I think he's been self-categorized and really everyone has kind of characterized him as, as the guy that really you, you find first uh, when you're becoming a St. John's fan and when you go to the school. He's one of those guys, one of the most prominent guys on uh, on the, the St. John's Twitter. And he does a great, he does a cool job with that account. He's now Anderson's Alley or Anderson's, uh, I screwed it up, Anderson's Avenue. He is now and uh, he, he's going to join us in a little bit. But first, uh, you know, just to give my thoughts on on really a, a crazy couple days uh, for St. John's, you know, I I, I want to start with 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 this. You know, I I, I listen to WFN, I listen to sports radio all, all day long, really, whether I'm working or not working. I, I always have that on. And uh, one of my favorite shows is is the midday show on WFN with Joe Beningo and Evan Roberts. And Evan Roberts, I believe it was Friday. And I, I don't want to, you know, steal someone else's thunder here, but but Evan Roberts made a good point that, you know, when when breaking news comes out or when, you know, you're reacting to, you know, one of your favorite teams uh, games, really, you know, a snap, a snap reaction, an instant reaction, if you may, uh, which I, I try to do frequently on this podcast, you know, your opinion in that instant moment right after the news or right after the game might change over a couple days when you, you know, have had a couple days to, to think about the news or to think about the game and to reflect on it. And I think that's kind of how I feel about the Mike Anderson hiring and now and now really the start of the Mike Anderson era in St. John's. You know, if you go back and listen to that show on uh, on Thursday night that I put out about six days ago, you know, I was optimistic. I, I think I was kind of with the consensus that, you know, I was happy that St. John's landed on, on a competent head coach after what was a disastrous head coaching search. But I was, you know, cautiously optimistic. I had my worries. I didn't know a whole lot about Mike Anderson. I still don't know a ton about him, but I know a little bit more now. Um, I didn't know a whole lot about him. I didn't like that he had just been fired. You know, it, it's stupid, but the lack of, of New York City connections did scare me a little bit. Um, but, you know, looking now six days later... And a lot of those concerns just after that press conference in the first couple days of his start here have kind of gone away. You know, I've gone from being cautiously optimistic to just plain old optimistic about this head coach, to be honest with you. And then the start of his tenure at St. John's, I think that, you know, looking at his introductory uh, press conference on on Friday. And, you know, the, the introductory press conference, it, it's really an important part of any head coaching job, you know, collegiate or professional. Usually it's the fans' first chance to really get to know the head coach and get to see what the head coach is all about. And, you know, in, in this case, at least for me personally, I had never seen a Mike Anderson interview or a, a Mike Anderson press conference or anything like that. I didn't know a whole lot about this coach. I said that before. So I assume that I'm like a lot of other fans where I didn't know a whole lot about this guy. So this is my first impression of, of head coach Mike Anderson as well, you know, and you know the cliche, you only get one chance to make a first impression. So this is going to be Mike Anderson's first impression on this entire fan base, really, because he was not, you know, this blockbuster candidate that everyone knows. This is a guy that a lot of us were really hearing speak for the first time on Friday. And when you couple that with just how terribly and and 
poorly St. John's botched this head coaching search. You know, this very public head coaching search with a lot of coaches, three coaches really, publicly turning them down. And, you know, the fans really were just as, you know, in tune with this head coaching search, it seemed like, than all of the, the guys actually doing the head coaching search. And, you know, the people stepping over each other's toes and the top alumni, the top booster going on national radio and talking crap about the program. You know, when you when you think about all those things, and now you have Mike Anderson here, this was a very, very important press conference. And they needed Mike Anderson to go out there and deliver a very, very good press conference and deliver, you know, a solid plan going forward for this program and to entertain, frankly. They, they needed that out of Mike Anderson. They were really tasking him uh, to perform, you know, his. they needed him to perform really within 12 hours of signing the job. They needed him to go out there and nail that press conference. And, and I think that he did, you know, obviously having... Uh, LJ Figueroa and Mustafa Heron there and standing behind him for a portion of it that certainly helped the the optics of it that those two guys were there and, and you know standing with him and obviously we know that they both might not necessarily be back to the program but that was still a very good look for him and then you know just his general demeanor his confidence in himself in the program in the team um, you know his really willingness to work hard you know saying that he called both of his two best players who might may or may not be back with the team next year called them really within hours of taking the job and talk to them you know you know is you know already running practices now in the next couple of days already had a vision for how he wants this team to play you know you know just, just the general confidence and the demeanor of, of Mike Anderson he really hit that press conference out of the park and you know obviously the press conference good or bad is not going to determine a head coach you know if that press conference was a clunker obviously it would continue this you know whole uh, program looking poorly in the last couple of weeks but but at the end of the day, that wouldn't determine Mike Anderson as a head coach. Just like this good press conference is not going to determine how Mike Anderson ends up as a head coach. Uh, but, you know, just the optics of it. You know, people are talking now a little bit less about this terrible head coaching search. And now they're talking about this new head coach for the Red Storm instead. You know, if he went through that press conference and he was, you know, bumbling through or he didn't really know what he was talking about or he kind of, you know, you know, screwed up a couple of things, although he did, what did he screw up? Uh, uh, Karnaseki Arena, I think he screwed that up. And I, I think he might have screwed up one other thing. I forget what else. But, you know, if it, if it was more of that and, you know, not really uh, having a vision or anything like that, then, you know, we, we could have, uh, we, we might be talking about a different story. But the fact that he came in confident with the plan and, and really delivered on an outstanding press conference that's a huge look for the university and, and for the program as a whole. And obviously, you know, the, the administrators that have kind of screwed up this uh, coaching search are still going to be there. But at the end of the day, it, it definitely helps the optics of the situation that he was able to go out there and, and deliver a huge press conference. But now, you know, the, the work needs to be done. I see, I've seen that he's already been running practice. I, I saw that Mustafa Heron is there, so I, we can assume that he'll be back next season. LJ Figueroa has a, has a bunch of, of uh, visits uh, scheduled, or at least teams interested in him transferring. Frankly, I don't know why he would transfer at this point, and that's you know selfish. But his style of play fits right in uh, with Mike Anderson's style of play that he wants to run. I don't know why Figueroa would transfer, but you can't fault him for at least considering it and seeing what his options are and keeping his options open. But we'll we'll see where that shakes up. Hopefully nothing happens uh, in the next couple of hours while I'm, uh, I'm recording this, but we will see about that. But now the work needs to get done for Mike Anderson and his staff, and that really starts with hiring a, a staff. But uh, we will see where that goes from here. But for now, uh, enough of me, me talking. We will bring in our guy, uh, 
I'm going to say again, formerly Mullins Hood, now Anderson's Avenue. I'll get it right this time. Anderson's Avenue, and he will uh, join us to break down a crazy couple of weeks for the Red Storm. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, I'm now joined by the one and only Anderson's Avenue. I had to uh, make sure I got that right because it's, it, it's been a kind of a culture shock. We were just talking off air. It's been kind of a culture shock. Uh, I did mess it up before, called you Anderson's Alley instead of Anderson's Avenue, but it is Anderson's Avenue uh, joining us, kind of an, an ambitious crossover event here between uh, Twitter account and podcast. But thank you, man, for uh, for coming on the show here tonight. Sure, Troy. Thank you for having me. I'm still getting used to the new Twitter handle. I wake up feeling like a new person. But, uh, <laughs> it's it's going to take a while, but yeah, thank you for having me. It's been, it's been a culture shock. And, and let's maybe, let's start with that because Obviously, this this head coaching search was kind of hectic for, for for all St. John's fans, all all involved. It was stressful. It was a little bit embarrassing as well. But you know, it, it was certainly a little bit hectic for all of us. For you, I feel like that had to be almost magnified a little bit because you had to keep changing your Twitter name based on like who the favorite was. Correct? Yeah, it was kind of an identity crisis. Uh, the biggest <laughs> the biggest moment was when. Uh, Porter Moser of Loyola Chicago got offered the job mm-hmm. and at least early indications were that he was going to take it so I jumped over I think it was Moser's hood first and then I changed it to Porter's hood and uh-huh. then a few hours a few hours later we found out or the next day rather that he wasn't taking the job <laughs> so so yeah it's, it's been hectic and, and you were you were back to Lavinwood for a while I think throwing away back right <laughs> I did, yeah. I started off with Lavinwood. I was still a student at St. John's, and I uh, started off with a classmate of mine. Okay. And yeah, Lavinwood. That's that's how it all started. And then Mullen came on board, and we were Mullen's fit, and now we're back to uh, Anderson Avenue. Yeah. So so let's go to there, and then we can get into the uh, the St. John's talk. But so, so what was the like? What was the motivation to 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 start the account? Because I feel like, and and this will be a two part question. You know, what was the motivation? And then I, I feel like. You've kind of become, and I think you have you've said this, and people have definitely said this about you. You're kind of like that first person that students find on Twitter. You know, it's like you and like Rumble in the Garden. I feel like are like kind of the first two accounts that new students find on Twitter when they're you know starting to follow the team. When I went to the uh, when I uh, first got to St. John's, I think it was 2013. You were like one of the first two uh, accounts that I that I followed. I remember about St. John's aside from like the team account. So like, how does that feel to kind of be you know this like mini little celebrity on St. John's Twitter and you know what was the motivation for starting it sure uh, just I was on the SJ I guess at the time it was the STJBB hashtag <laughs> true yes and uh, wow that just made me feel old but, uh, <laughs> yeah I thought there were a lot of dedicated fans that you know were interacting with each other about the game and everything and, but there was there was lacking kind of a central spot mm-hmm. where you could kind of get a one stop shop of your daily breakdown of just what's happening with the program. And so that was certainly part of the motivation. Part of the motivation was just, you know, having a platform that you could vent on. As, as you know, as a St. John fan, there's always something going on, good or bad. Of course. Yep. So, you know, instead of having family members listen to my uh, complaints and thoughts about <laughs> St. John's, I felt that those thoughts would be better for Twitter.com. Very smart, very smart. And and you certainly do a great job with it. I, you are very informative. You're straight to the point. You're not you're not too emotional one way or the other, which I love. And, and, and I, I think you do a very, very good job with it. And you, you are a very good job 
is like that ambassador of Twitter almost uh, in the in the St. John's realm at least. Um, but but let's get into the the Mike Anderson hire now. So it's been six days, I believe, since he was hired. Five days since his press conference. Uh, just you know, give give me your general thoughts on, on the hire, on you know his first couple of days. Obviously, not a whole lot has happened since he's been hired. But uh, give give me your you know initial thoughts on Mike Anderson. I love the hire. I think I, I believe I tweeted this. It's a George Costanza rule in effect, <laughs> as opposed to you know. And then for the people out there who aren't Seinfeld fans, mm-hmm. that's doing the opposite of everything that you've done, mm-hmm. hoping for better results, assuming that everything you've done has been wrong. <laughs> uh, not that Lavin and Mullen obviously had some really good times with both of those coaches, but I feel the Anderson hire kind of takes us in a different direction. And uh, you know, someone who's a recent coach who has a winning track record. Uh, in a very tough conference in the SEC, which mm-hmm. got more difficult year after year. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you know, numbers don't lie. Uh, he, I believe he's the only coach that doesn't have a losing season on his record currently, mm-hmm. in addition to Mark Field, Gonzaga, Coach K. I think Bayheim's tricky there because a lot of his wins have been vacated. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of the hire. You know, I'm certainly excited to see what kind of staff he, he develops. I think there's some names that, for example, Andy Borman, I believe, is a must-hire. Mm-hmm. And I think he makes sense mm-hmm. with his due connections. And mm-hmm. it's like Andy Borman would certainly help keep uh, Mustafa Heron on the team. But mm-hmm. more importantly, he has, he's, he's very intimately involved with a lot of recruits for the next two years. Mm-hmm. For me, too, and I, I want to know if, if this is similar for you. Uh, I was a little bit on the fence with Anderson. I thought that it was, you know, you know, for for the circumstances surrounding the hire, and I said this right after it. You know, I, I thought that it was the best that they could have done. I think that they made the best out of really a poor uh, situation in, in terms of the coaching search. But after that press conference on Friday, I was like so fired up, and I was I was ready to just run through a brick wall for this man. He put on a show in that press conference, and that that really sold me. Were you kind of the same way? Where where you know you know obviously you liked the hire initially, but that press conference had to kind of like like stamp it in for you, right? It, yeah, the press conference certainly helped. Uh, when I was you know reading reports, and it became more clear that this was Craig's guy, mm-hmm. I became more confident about it, especially seeing Coach Case positive words about Anderson. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I hope that that Mike Rapol interview with Mike Francesa will be a turning point in many many ways. Mm-hmm. And you know, my, my theory is, and this is speculation, I, I don't think Mike Anderson would be the coach right now if it wasn't for that interview. Who who do you and, who do you think would be the head coach? Do you do do you think it would have been like seeing like where do you think they would have gone if that didn't happen? Sure, I think the Joe Oliva kind of wing yeah. of the school mm. would have been more in favor of a Paul Hewitt type. Okay, someone who's <laughs> who's got New York roots, and I think Mike Craig's a little more open minded because mm. you hear the whole New York ties thing, and I I, am, I acknowledge that, and you certainly do need staff that has those connections, but. That doesn't mean you need a head coach, you know, who's from New York. And I was just very uncomfortable with the Paul Hewitt idea. I mean, the guy hasn't coached D one basketball for a number of years now. Mm-hmm. He he was offered this job, if you remember, several years ago. Yes. And mm-hmm. I believe was, the word was that his wife didn't want him to come to St. John's, but. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very happy with the Mike Anderson hire. Yeah, and, and you know the whole New York ties thing. It, I said this right after. It, it's kind of overrated. You know, we we had 
a coach for, for the last four years that couldn't have had any more or any better New York ties than Chris Mullen. And look how many local players he got to stay home. So, you know, it's like you said, you know, why not do the complete opposite, basically, uh, of Mullen and see if that works out. And, you know, a guy like Mike Anderson, he seems like he's, he's you know, able to talk himself. He seems very personable. I, I would think that he'll be able to make ties very quickly in this area. And you don't need, you know, ties in New York to, to recruit. You know, you need to be a good recruiter, which I think he is. Sure. And, you know, you're right. The press conference certainly helps. You could, you know, if you're tracking it on Twitter, you could see people being won over by the second. Yeah, exactly. Press conference. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to, 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 to be a realist here for a second, I, I, I remember that was the same reaction during Bull's press conference. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he had that famous or now infamous line that, you know, he would go into every <laughs> New York City gym and playground that he knew all the janitors with the keys. And, you know, I, I think objectively speaking, Bull certainly kind of, I don't want to use the word failed, but, you know, didn't necessarily surpass expectations mm-hmm. on keeping your city talent home with, you know, with the main exceptions of Shimori, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let, let's stick on Mullen for a second, maybe. You know, what's one thing that, and, and, it, and it could be the New York City recruiting, but for you, what's one thing that Mullen, you know, did or didn't do that you would like to see now Mike Anderson improve on during his tenure? You know, something that Mullen maybe uh, failed at or, or, you know, didn't deliver on or something that he, he did do that you weren't a big fan of? Sure. Uh, well, I think one thing, I think Mullen and his staff failed to get an adequate big. I think it's been proven it's really hard to win in the Big East mm-hmm. or on any major level mm-hmm. unless you have a true, I mean, six foot ten big that could give you 25, 30 minutes every night. Mm-hmm. And anybody that's watched this team over the last few years mm-hmm. has seen us just get absolutely bullied, mm-hmm. whether it's by Jesse Govan at Georgetown <laughs> or, or you know, Hauser at Marquette. Mm-hmm. We've, we've really gotten killed in, on the interior game. And I think the last staff, you know, certainly failed to bring up a true big. But I do have to agree with Michael Cole in that a lot of, some of that blame has to go on the school for not giving him the resources. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the slight fire initially was just a bad idea. I, I think we should have had Matt as our primary recruiter. Mm. You know, you had these two guys who were really primary recruiters, and you know, I really wish we had a Mike Dunlap type as an assistant. Mm. And while Mullen's been around the game for a long time, he didn't have any head coaching experience coming in. And we really needed a vetted X's and O's, some, you know, longtime NBA assistant or something. And the school just did not give him that. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I think that hurt Mullen's you know ability to succeed in the long term. Yeah, I mean, with that staff, they were they were almost in a way kind of setting him up to fail. You know, with like you said, with with no real veteran head coach or you know veteran coach in general on that staff, and you know really one recruiter, they were kind of setting up Mullen to fail. Um, but that's like kind of one thing that I want to see with this staff, and we're kind of seeing this staff kind of round out now. But I'd like to see this staff be a little bit more rounded and. You know, have everyone. I would assume everyone is going to pitch in on the recruiting efforts now at night. It's not going to be just one recruiter. Uh, I'd like to see some X's and O's guys on the bench, which I feel like we've been asking for for the last couple of years with Mullen. But, you know, I, I just overall, I would like to see this staff be a little bit more rounded. Do you agree? I, I agree. It's, for me, it's less of a concern than it was with Mullen. But I yeah, I'd agree. Uh-huh. See- I would love to see kind of an older, you know, long-time assistant or even NBA assistant that, you know, could certainly be more of an X's and those guys. But, yeah, it's less of a concern for me just seeing how long Mike Anderson has been a, a head coach on the D1 level. And, 
before that, his level of success that he had under Richardson at Arkansas. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, we certainly need, you know, another X's and O's guy, but it's less of a concern for me with Anderson than it was with Mullen. Oh, yeah, that, that's a great point, actually. Yeah, I, I, I didn't really even think of that, you know, but, but yeah, I, I think in terms of the recruiting, though, it would help to, to actually have everyone pitch in, and I, I think they're going to be headed towards that way Anderson, and anyway with uh, Anderson. Um, looking at the, the roster now, you know, when we saw on Friday with with Heron and uh, and LJ there in attendance at the press conference, I think that made St. John's fans kind of feel like both of them would be back, or at least that there was a good chance both of them would be back. I think LJ's advisor, I believe, tweeted something out after that kind of uh, made us feel that way as well. Now LJ is still taking these visits um, that that he's that he's scheduled and still obviously talking to other schools, keeping his options open. Open, you can't really fault him for that. Uh, are are you personally concerned about him actually leaving, or do you think that he, uh, in the end of the day he'll be back? I'm fifty fifty on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's some just you know if you look at LJ, he's a 21 year old sophomore right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. If he transferred somewhere, you know, he wouldn't be 22 or 23 until he starts playing meaningful basketball again. Mm-hmm. And considering he has family in the Northeast, it's just, it's hard for me to imagine going to him, uh, LJ going to a school like Nebraska or Dayton or some of the other days that have been involved and sitting a year just to play. Mm-hmm. But it is concerning, uh, you know, if you watch the press conference, Heron, you know, at certain times is smiling from ear to ear. Mm-hmm. Uh, LJ's body language is a little you know, colder in a sense that I you kind of had his arms crossed. He wasn't smiling as much as Mustafa. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm getting more confident that Harold's not going anywhere, but I, I, I would be lying if I said that I wasn't concerned that LJ might go somewhere. But if he does, I think it's going to be to a bigger program like a UConn somewhere in the Northeast. I don't see him going to a Western Kentucky or a Nebraska. No, yeah, that would just make no no sense. And and I'm with you there. I, I just I don't think that it makes any sense for him to sit out now another year and, and get another year older. And and like you said, if it's a lateral move like that, which which I, I think we can all agree, you know, St. John's to Western Kentucky is at best a lateral move if not taking a step down. I just don't see why he would do that. And then what well, you know when you just listen to the style of play that Anderson said he wants to run, you know, go fast, run, play tenacious defense, all that kind of stuff. That fits LJ's game just about perfectly. Heron, too, it fits both of their games really perfectly. I, I don't think that there's a, and this is obviously selfish, but I don't know if there's a better coach for the style of play that LJ and uh, and Mustafa play for them to come back to St. John's. No, you're absolutely right. And, you know, personally, I hope that's the same conclusion that, you know, LJ and his and his advisor come to after he takes these visits. And there's nothing wrong with seeing what, what else is out there. Mm-hmm. But it's just hard for me to envision LJ going to some of these schools. But his body language at the pressure, you know, does, does certainly raise a concern that, you know, he, he, he might leaving St. John's. Definitely, yeah. And, you know, with with St. John's, you never know. It's, it's always worst-case scenario, I feel like. Not to be a pessimist, but I feel like it always ends up being that way. Um, sure. To, to, clo- to close this out, maybe, just give me, give me uh, you know, of, of these new guys that are actually coming here next season, uh, who, who are you most looking forward to to, uh, to see and play next season? I really like Eli Wright's game. I think, you know, you were just talking about how LJ is uh, tailor-made or Anderson system. Mm-hmm. You know, I've watched some highlights on right, and he's certainly extremely athletic. He's got an explosive nature, and I think he can really fit well into 
our system. Mm-hmm. I'm also excited about David Carver. Me too. Yeah. Shoot. Mm-hmm. And I mean, his Twitter account gets me pumped up. Yeah. I think yesterday he was tweeting about I was ready to go to war. Yes. I like his attitude. Yes. And then, of course, Ian, Ian Steer. I mean, I think he has a pretty smooth jump shot for a bigger guy. He's not a, he's not a true five. Mm-hmm. You know, he's more of a four. But so I, I really do think that Anderson has to focus on getting a grad transfer point guard, assuming mm-hmm. the Cam Mack situation is dead. Yeah. And on, on getting another big. Because, you know, if you watch Kata, he's certainly got some potential, but he's very raw. And it's hard for me to envision him, you know, playing 25 or more minutes next year. And Josh Roberts is also certainly a hard worker, but he's also not in a position yet to be a starter in the Big East. So. I really would like Anderson and, and the staff to go after a solid grad transfer point guard and also another big. Mm-hmm. I, I'd agree. If Kate is playing, no, no disrespect to Kate, but if he's playing big minutes next year for St. John's, it's probably not a good thing. Um, before we close out, give me your your way too early prediction for next year. What what place do does St. John's finish in the Big East next year as of right now? I'm going to be an optimist. Okay. I know it's, it's it's hard for me to say as a St. John's fan, but I'm going to say Heron and LJ come back. Uh-huh. And I, I mean, that's two out of our top three scorers, even though Pons is gone. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good core to build upon. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm feeling good that Anderson and his staff, whatever that staff might develop into, mm-hmm. will go out there and get us a decent grad transfer point card and perhaps another big. Mm-hmm. Uh, NCAA tournament might be a stretch, mm-hmm. but yeah. I would say... I would say we're floating around the bubble uh, next March. Okay, I like that. That's that's optimistic. That that's the optimism that makes you the must follow on Twitter. That's the optimism that makes you that ambassador to St. John's Twitter. And, and I appreciate it. You made me feel good about the team now for next year. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah uh, what what's the ad it's it's at anderson's uh avenue or is it with a with a it's an underscore before right just in case yeah, there's an underscore unfortunately anderson avenue was taken so it's an underscore <laughs> anderson avenue and uh shout out to the trolls out there who are locking down some of the accounts during the search such as uh <laughs> hurley hood i believe but i guess it worked out that i got anderson avenue. exactly and it, it, it worked out for st john's it worked out for you uh thank you man for uh for taking some time out of your night to uh, to join us here and best of luck along the way uh hope, hopefully we'll do this again soon hopefully it's not you know four or five months before we uh, we we come in contact again <laughs> sounds great Troy, and i'm hoping that some of my optimistic predictions come true but yes. i guess we'll see yes we can only hope all right have a good night man <laughs> you too thank you Troy. all right bye okay big thanks to anderson avenue on twitter the new and hopefully improved Anderson Avenue for uh, for coming on there and doing a little bit of a late night interview with me uh, to uh, for the show. But you know, a big thanks to him. Uh, like I, like I said, I actually reached out to him in, in about November, I think, uh, to do to do something, and then I just completely forgot about that. And uh, hopefully, luckily, we were able to get something done here, so it ends up working out in the end. And you know, hopefully, we can have him on as a guest now, you know, in the off season and maybe into next season as well going forward. But big thanks to him as always for uh, for coming on. And we're pushing thirty minutes here, so I'll sign off real quick. Uh, just a heads up, though. You know, with with the dust really settling now on the off season, and then the news should be a little bit more scarce and uh, tougher to come by going forward. The big news, at least, uh, going forward. Uh, this, I'm going to try to put out a podcast, you know, every few weeks, like I said, but uh, no guarantees there. I, I would like any sort of suggestions that anyone would have for uh, interview subjects that they would like. I'm working on a couple of them. We'll we'll, we'll see where they go. 
but you know interview subjects uh former st john's players and, and you know any connection to st john's whatsoever especially the basketball team uh, i would love to try to take a crack at having them on and uh and doing something there during the off season to keep putting episodes out during the off season with the news you know a little bit lighter now until i would say you know september or october so uh keep your eye out and uh, let me know you know you can hit me up on twitter hit me up um anywhere else you know let me let me know if uh if you have anyone in mind that you would like to have on the show but thank you all for listening and uh and uh we will be back hopefully sometime soon though with another edition of the seeing red podcast and i will talk to you guys sometime soon let's go johnny's